the last Sunday of the church year, traditionally known as the Festival of Christ the King. I suspect that many of us in the modern world find that title, Christ the King, a little bit anachronistic. We don't care much for kings in the sense that the word carried then a monarch with absolute power. Even most royalists today would probably balk at the idea that the king should be the ultimate authority, the only one to have any final say. You probably know if you've been here for a while and listen, that I tend to prefer the phrase the reign of God to the kingdom of God as a better translation of the words. Indeed, in the revised common lectionary, the set of readings that we, along with many other Christian denominations, tend to follow, this Sunday is now titled the Festival of the Reign of Christ. But whether it's kingdom and king or rule or reign, that idea of the one in charge has been at the heart of a great deal of Jesus' preaching. From the opening words of his ministry, the kingdom of God is at hand. In the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. Parable upon parable which began, the kingdom of God is as if. And then our readings today. A reading we had first taken from Jesus' trial before Pilate. In that reading, his teaching has finally brought Jesus face to face with another kingdom. It brings him into conversation with Pilate, the representative of Rome, of the empire. And we have a dialogue between Pilate and Jesus. A dialogue about Jesus as king. Essentially what's happening here is that Jesus has been accused of treason. He's been accused of setting himself up as a king against the power of the emperor. And Pilate is asking him, is this so? If Jesus is indeed king of the Jews. So Pilate asks him that question. Are you the king of the Jews? For to Pilate, Tiberius was king. And in his name, Pilate was king of this region. King of these Jews. Are you, Pilate is asking Jesus, are you my rival? Are you a threat to me? In some versions of the English translations of the Bible, Jesus' reply gets translated as something like, my kingdom does not belong here. Or the slightly more ambiguous, my kingdom is not of this world. And both of those allow a quite um, spiritual 
understanding of what Jesus is saying, of the kingdom of God. As if Jesus is saying, you don't get it, my kingdom isn't here. When I talk about a kingdom, it's not part of this world, it's, it's elsewhere. It's a spiritual reality. It's something people experience within themselves and in the life to come. And that's an answer which makes a sort of sense and fits a certain understanding of the Christian gospel. God's kingdom really is elsewhere. This world, this life is about getting ready for it. Getting people saved so that when they die, they'll join God's kingdom. An answer which makes sense. It's just not the answer that Jesus actually gave, at least not as recorded here in John's Gospel. Jesus actually gives his answer in the passage as a whole three times. Two of those times the language is ambiguous, safely translated as my kingdom is not of this world to capture that ambiguity. But the third time the phrasing is much more precise. My kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is not out of here. The word is the one that you would use if you were saying, go from here or get thee hence, if you wanted to sound a little bit more biblical. Or a visitor might say, I don't come from around here. It's actually the same word that gets used in Greek of childbirth. Jesus was born from Mary. It's a word about origins, about where you come from. It's not my kingdom doesn't belong here. It's my kingdom didn't begin here doesn't come from here. This isn't Jesus saying to the secular authorities, look, we can live happily together. My kingdom's spiritual. It's not here on earth, really. It's not in the nuts and bolts of politics and empires and public policy. It belongs in another world. That would have been an answer Pilate could very happily have lived with. That wouldn't have been a threat to Rome, to him. It wouldn't have been a challenge to his power, which was what he really cared about. But far from being a declaration that Jesus' kingdom was no threat to the secular world, the words are actually more like a subversive manifesto or even a declaration of invasion. My kingdom doesn't come from here, but I was born to be king and it was to be king that I came into this world. And everyone who belongs to the truth listens most weeks in church we pray 
your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. There is a kingdom elsewhere, we declare in those words that Jesus taught us. There is a kingdom where God's will reigns supreme and we pray that it comes into this world. And then here in this conversation with Pilate, Jesus says, my kingdom isn't from here. I came into this world to be king. You see why I call it a declaration of invasion. Jesus accepts the label of king. And then he declares that his kingdom is invading this one. And then, of course, in a very Jesus-y sort of way, he gives the words another twist. If my kingdom was from this world, that is, if I were the leader of another nation invading yours, my followers would fight to stop me from being handed over. Of course they would. The leader of an invading army, whether that invasion be by overt strength or covert subversion, would not be taken without a fight. It's as if Jesus is saying to Pilate, as he so often does when he's asked a question, he's saying, you're asking me the wrong question. The question isn't, are you king of the Jews? The question is, what sort of kingdom What sort of king? Or don't ask, are you a king? Because you know I am. Ask instead, where is your kingdom from? Because if you knew where my kingdom was from, you would know the source of my power. And then you would understand why all of the power that you think you have, the hold you have over me, the power that you've worked so hard to gain and lived so ruthlessly to protect, you would understand why that is all completely irrelevant to the conversation we should be having. Because Pilate knew about power. You didn't get to be where he was by not understanding how things work. And Rome knew about power. It didn't become a great empire by accident. For Rome, power came from order and from structure. It came from a highly disciplined military. It came from systems of administration and taxation. It came from rapid and ruthless suppression of anything that threatened the system. But what Jesus knew and Pilate could not understand 
was that that was not the only way of seeing power. That was not the only meaning of power. Your understanding of king, Jesus is saying to Pilate, is shaped by your world. It is shaped by your life. It is shaped by Rome. You cannot imagine a king who does not draw his power from an army, who does not fight to be kept down to the hands of his enemies. Yes, I am a king. But my reign, my power doesn't come from those things. From wealth or influence or order or force. My reign can't be judged by its geographic extent, by GDP or the balance sheet. My reign, the reign of God is here. It is under your nose. It is at hand. But you don't understand it. You don't recognize it because it draws its authority and its power from elsewhere, from the grace and love of God. The reign of God is in the work of the sheep, in the acts of grace that Jesus spoke of in our Matthew reading that feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty and welcome the stranger and clothe the naked and care for the sick and visit the prisoner. Not acts that pilots could ever dream of as acts of power. Acts of grace. Not done in expectation of reward, not done in order to establish one's position, but done as a reflection of the character of God. An imitation of the grace shown in Jesus. The reign of God is in the acts of the sheep. And the reign of God is in the voice of the prophet. Speaking out against power when it acts without regard to truth or justice. Power which keeps wealth in the hands of the few. Power which is careless of the devastation of creation. Power which uses other people as means to its own end. Power which in these and any of a thousand other ways crushes those who are created in the image of God, prevents those loved by God from flourishing. The reign of God is in the acts of the sheep and the reign of God is in the voice of the prophet and the reign of God is in the acts of the activist who hears the words of the prophet and puts them into practice, working and fighting and tirelessly striving to tear down those unjust structures of the world and build up something which sets people free.
You're asking me the wrong question. Jesus tells Pilate. You want to know if my power, for you know I have power. You can see that people follow me. You want to know if that power is a threat to you. Because if it is, you plan to take it away. Because you can kill me. You can kill my followers. And thus protect your reign. Yes, I am king, and yes, I am a threat to your power. But what you don't understand is that you cannot touch where my power comes from. For my kingdom is not from this world. You do not understand why. I have power. So you can never take it from me. It is out of your reach and understanding. But there's something else you don't understand. Your power does not just bind your enemies. Your power imprisons you as well. My power is the truth. And the truth will set you free. For this I was born. For this I came into the world. To testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my words. In those last words of our reading is an invitation that Jesus offered Pilate, offers us. Listen to the words of a different sort of king. Listen to the words of one whose power does not require that we fight. For it comes from the love and grace and welcome of God. Listen to that voice and belong to that truth. The truth will set you free. Amen.